Braden Taylor is nine for nine. They double steal all the time, is what I'm saying. Like somebody's benefiting from being a double steal. Do Bte go Craig? Should we should we make the uh, should we make the argument he should steal every time? Uh, he usually just hits a home run. Hello, Frog fans. Welcome to Post Game Beers Podcast. We are the Lupton Drinking Club here to break down a, another successful week of Frog Ball USA. I am your host, Kyle Malloy, joined by my co-host, Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors on Twitter. Jacob, um, can you remind us real quick uh, about our post-game picks uh, this year and oh. what uh, what might what, well, be going on with one week left in post-game picks and how yeah. that affects the rest of us? Yeah, we have one week remaining, which means we have five series to pick from. And you know what, MK? I could give you the update, but I want to have Garrett or Ray do it. Don't you think that would be more fun? Sure thing. We've got our producer, Crazy Ray Cartwright, as well as the Sultan of Stat, Martin Guerrero, and Garrett nay, Evans. Uh, fellas, <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Uh, but Garrett and Ray, Ray, why don't you start? How's the uh, the last week of postgame picks working for you? Tied for last. Next question. <laughs> That's not entirely true because remember, for those who don't know, the tiebreaker is the nine by nine by nine. So you really have a game up on Garrett. And that's what sucks. That's what sucks. Because I had a nice hot week this week, but I guess a lot of us had a hot week this week. But yeah, now, love, yeah. If, if you were four and one, you're bringing up the seller. Say we're sitting here, sitting here tied. Obviously, Ray has the tiebreaker for nine by nine by nine. So expect some spicy, some spicy pick action this week. It's hey, going to get interesting. If Yo. uh, you knew that this was going to be the tiebreaker going into the nine by nine, would you not have been so cocky and drinking before? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have. Uh, yeah, I think I might have reevaluated my approach. Uh, but that's okay. We live and we learn, and, and sometimes we just have to uh, live with the consequences of our choices. So, have you talked to your here dad we are. about that day by any chance? Like, hey. Uh, yeah. is, is this is this a fun memory? Is this like, yeah, Dad, don't ever bring that up in my life. <laughs> oh no, he, he thinks it's hilarious. He, he watched the. We were just down in Yavison, and when he like brought up the video to me, it was oh man, I just saw this was posted. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, can't, can't win them all, boys. So to kind of add injury to insult, so like just to be clear, like I'm I've pretty much have been eliminated from finishing last Martin and MK still technically can, but it's extremely unlikely. So we're really looking at you two on the left side of my zoom right now. <laughs> and just to let you guys know, um, TCU currently sits in the conference in fifth place behind Kansas state and four. If the tournament were to start, Game one, number four seed versus number five seed, Wednesday, May 24th, 9 a.m. first pitch. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. <laughs> See you there. So, <laughs> See, the bad thing about the 9 a.m. game is you have less time to, like, get up and, and get dressed. That's what I'm yeah. saying. And, you, okay, do you guys have logistics locked on for this if, in fact, you do finish last? Like, you're going to need a makeup artist. You're going to need to have video content rolling. Oh, no. man. No, no, not at all. Haven't even, you know, out of sight, out of mind right now. Um, trying to remain positive. I, I still see a, well, not a victory, but a, a not last place in my future. That's a good that's spot to be. Yeah, so right now, right now, that's a victory. 
Can you can you record the conversation you're going to have to have with your wife when you say, oh, hey, babe, I know uh, the baby's waking you up all night, every night, but I need you to get up at 6 a.m. to put clown makeup on. <laughs> I'm going to have to roll Aaron's on that wife for sure. Or, or Ray's dog. <laughs> yeah, Zoe, let's roll. <laughs> all right. Well, bad luck to both of you because, yeah, I, I can't wait for this. Okay. Let's get into some games and uh, talk about uh, the week and then the week ahead. After... A uh, five-game week, the Frogs got some much-needed rest. It was TCU finals week, so they got they got a bye on Tuesday. Um, and hopefully the boys, you know, passed all those finals with flying colors. Otherwise, we'll find out in the fall when somebody's not there. Um, so no midweek. They prepared for the Baylor series. It was Friday through Sunday. What they could not prepare for was the weather. Uh, or I guess I should say like the weather reporting because it was – Terrible, um, very inaccurate. But game one on Friday moved to 3.30 p.m. to avoid the pending storms that night, and they came out firing, scoring five runs through the first four innings. Luis Rodriguez uh, lasted into the seventh inning, only giving up three hits, one earned run. Frogs took care of business five to one. Jacob, what would you have on Friday? I would say this. Will Rigney was not fooling anybody because TCU came out offensively and was just scorching everything thrown their way. I mean, everybody in the lineup for those first four innings or so, everything was hit on a line. Even Braden Taylor, he made, I think, the second out of the first inning. But it was a home run off the bat. That wind was blowing in. It killed that. But, man, it was really impressive to see um, them come out and just, you know, crush the ball. And then – Luis Rodriguez, what more can you say about him? I mean, we it feels like we really have a rotation now. Right. Man, just to go back to, you know, harp on Luis Rodriguez, dude. He's the first TCU pitcher all season long to pitch six-plus innings in three consecutive starts. Mm-hmm. And he was just dominant. You know, got a little hairy there in that sixth inning, but he was able to get get himself out of it before turning it over to the bullpen. Speaking of bullpen, we saw Ben Abelt, uh, Cohen Fieser, and Garrett Wright. They only gave up one hit and one walk in two and two-thirds innings. I thought that was a pretty successful outing for them as well. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk more about bullpen the rest of the show. But, I mean, if you can get that out of your bullpen, then you're – I mean, we're, we're, we're cooking with fire, folks. Yeah, I mean, it is a good sign, but let's keep in mind this is not a very strong Baylor team, too. Yeah. So, but you know, it's not like we haven't seen TC lose to lesser opponents this year. So, I'm not taking anything for granted. Do you guys notice the difference in the catcher for Baylor versus the catcher for Cal State Fullerton? <laughs> God Almighty! Like, so there were seven stolen bases on Friday, and I'm just like watching this guy, you know, toss the ball. You know, he's like basically throwing it to shortstop at this point. I'm like, oh, man. It was dude, every guy I, that got on base. It was green light city. I, I will say, though, in you know, TCU's just a really good base running team because, of course, we remember those two strike him out throw outs against Cal State. But that was it. TCU was five of seven. And I wouldn't even put those on base bases. running. Those are those are missed hit and runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's on the hitter. <clears throat> we run wild on teams. Braden Taylor uh, hit his 41st home run, uh, moving firmly into second place all time at TCU. Um, Martin, do you have anything from Friday night that we haven't talked on, talked about yet? Um, just, I guess it's it's kind of looking into the into the other games in the weekend. But I was a little bit surprised that we did not score after the fourth inning. 
on a team like Baylor. Yeah. Um, they're really bad. And um, yeah, I mean, it's good that we score early, but it was just a little bit surprising that we just don't, you know, put it on them on such a bad team. Like it that. seemed like, it seemed like the theme, of, there was some coffee table mentality, especially on Friday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We'll talk about but that. Again. I, but we got away with it because the pitching is incredible right now. All right, so moving on to game two. This game took place at Globe Life uh, for, well, whatever weather was projected. Um, This was a tight one from start to finish. The Frogs put up two runs in the second inning, and that would prove to be enough, barely enough, as they squeaked by two to one. Cole Klecker was magnificent. Uh, Got through seven full innings, only allowed one run on three hits. Not a ton of strikeouts, but, uh, you know, he just put the ball in play, allowed his defense to to get to work. Um, So, Garrett, what you got on Cole and his performance on Saturday. Yeah. Sick. Kind of wanted to take a moment to, to love on, on Cole a little bit. And, you know, same goes for, uh, for Rodriguez as well. It's funny. Talked to, uh, to Nick the other day and we're like, dude, we have these freshman studs and we've really put a lot of pressure on them. What do I need to do? You know? And then the next, the very next day where we, we, we see both of these freshmen come out, and just pitch incredible. I mean, Clucker had a had a no hitter, I believe, going into fifth. Um, only had three runs. I think only three walks and a pair of strikeouts. Uh, but that's his fifth quality start for the season. I believe that's his uh, eighth win. So I believe he's actually leading the conference now for wins. Um, and for those quality starts, four of those now have been uh, seven innings. So. It's been awesome. You know, all of that to say he was uh, named the Big 12 Pitcher of the Week um, from his performance this weekend. Um, I think what's neat about that is how we've kind of seen Klecker get exposed a little bit has been the long ball. Um, That's kind of been his weak point. And to watch him go out there and attack the strike zone, kind of force that weak contact, force a lot of action and get outs. um, That's kind of what we've what we're able to at this point come to expect from him, you know, and as a freshman building off of him and, and also Rodriguez now, um, and these are the kinds of things we're going to be able to continue to expect from these guys. If we're going to, you know, be talking about any, any postseason potential. So just really cool to see, man. I, I remember watching him earlier in the year and thinking, man, can this, can this type of thing keep, keep it, keep itself sustained. And, and it has. So well done. Well done for Cole. Just wanted to uh, take a second and, and love on him a little bit for his performance. Are we biased by Texas's game against him where the wind was blown out and he, he had all those, you know, balls that popped up and went out or, or is that actually a theme where he's given up a lot of home runs this year? I don't, I don't know the answer. That's what well, I'm memory no, yeah. we were talking about. We were talking about early in the season. We wouldn't be surprised that started to catch up to him because he was around the plate so much, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't mm-hmm. walking anybody and it was just kind of, it felt like a matter of time before, you know, those um, those numbers started to go up, you know, the home run numbers, the hit numbers. So it's not really all that surprising given the the style of his, you know, the, his style of pitching. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. I, I'd have to go back and look and see what those numbers actually look like. But to kind of to lean on the fact that he does have five quality starts now and, and eight wins, I mean, you like to think he hasn't been exposed to too much, but I think that was a trend that we hit on prior to Texas, but that's kind of the bigger, the biggest thorn in your side. And so far as pointing out the the long ball for sure. He's given up 13 home runs in 13 games. Okay. Yeah. That's Thanks, a lot. Man. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. 
I will I mean, say a lot this. Of, a lot, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Finish up. I mean, a lot of it is inflated by the four game, four home runs against Texas. Right. Mm-hmm. And wasn't there some against Tech as well? Um, uh, probably. Stop pitching so many strikes, Cole. I know. It, I know. <laughs> I heard him against uh, West Virginia too, like the week before. Yeah. So he's given up the fourth most walks on the team, but he's also he also has like almost twice as many innings as most pitchers. That's what I was going to say. So, it's inflated by the fact that he's yeah, our leading, exactly. you know, leading pitcher. Dude, uh, he also loves pitching at Globe Life. This season, he's pitched yeah, 11 Jay. and a third, only given up two runs and struck yeah. out eight. Nice. He, he, he's pitched really well against – was it did – he, did he pitch against uh, Arkansas? Arkansas, yeah. Right? Arkansas yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He saved that Arkansas game. Yeah. Um, he is second on the team in – or he's tied for second on the team in whip with Garrett Wright. The only one lower is Cohen – but Feaster has a third of the innings, so as as does Garrett Wright. So, yeah. So, so while he's giving up home runs, it's not like he's walking a lot of guys, giving up a lot of you know he's not letting a lot of guys on base when yeah. those home runs come. Not a lot of walks, not a lot of strikeouts. He's just putting um, balls in play. Yeah, he, I mean his. So the thing is with his strikeouts, you you've really seen his secondary pitching develop over the course of the season. So. Early, early on, he wasn't striking anybody out, but that's starting to trend up now as the season goes. Luke Savage and Garrett Wright came in for relief. Um, Garrett came in inheriting two runners on base, and Baylor mm-hmm. did not score a run. That was huge. And then he struck out the side in the ninth to slam the door. So I feel like we've criticized um, maybe Garrett's usage this year a little bit. You know, waiting for him to come in during critical times. I'm not really sure this. You could right. call that a critical time because it's Baylor, but at the same time, it's two to one. So right. it, it's hard to determine. in a must win you know, game. Exactly, and you know, I mean, I was I was pleased with it with him coming in Friday and Saturday. Agreed. For sure. Yeah, I mean, 100%. that was the that was a huge moment. What did we say uh, going into this series? Is that Baylor? At least one game will give you all that they have. It will just give you fits. Right. So the, in that eighth inning, you know, brings Luke in, walks a couple of guys, is only able to get one out. Then Kurt but, goes to Garrett, loved it. And in that eighth inning, Garrett made one of the best plays he's made in uh, his career, the fielding the ball. There was a little chop ball that went right over his head. And he fielded it just behind the mound. And instead of trying to induce a double play where he'll probably just end up firing it into center field, you'll see as a lot of pitchers do. Palmley throws it over the first, gets the second out of the inning, and then is able to come back and get the next guy. And then heads into the ninth inning, strikes out the side. That's got to be the first time all season that a TCU pitcher has done that. It's yeah. just absolutely dominant. Um, so this game was not on TV, which was a surprise to me. Um, so I didn't see any of it. But Ray, you tweeted out Austin Davis apparently made a catch. Please tell me it wasn't that one TCU baseball tweeted out of him just kind of casually leaping and running into the wall. It was, and you got to understand the moment wasn't that too. great. <laughs> okay, a couple outs in the end. There was a couple of men on base. That ball, he doesn't catch that ball, and Baylor's. Uh, but it was so the game. routine. I was, I was like, "There's no way this is what Ray's talking about." It was like uh, he just made a way better catch like a week before. You know, it was incredible in the stands. If you were there, you could uh, see. Well, it. yeah. Well, I wasn't. 
So, so would have known I'm, the importance of the moment. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about the. You know, well, he right. almost made the sports center. Top, he almost made the sports center top ten on Sunday when he dove for that ball, but he was just a few feet off. Was it yeah. one of the greatest catches you will ever see? It was I the greatest catch that, that we didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest yeah. catch we didn't see because he it just missed what, it. I didn't say the greatest. I said impressive. It was an impressive catch. We see you, Ad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, folks, some haters. They, one of the more if you're no. listening. These these boys no. are some haters. Hey, look, I'll call him as I see him. Like <laughs> video it, now. Like it, he's just kind of casually leaps and injures okay. himself on the plays out there, putting his body on the line. Has to be removed the, the right after. Says, Omg! On yeah, Davis just made one of the more incredible catches you'll ever see. Read the moment. It, it, it might not be in his top see. ten of the year. You'll he said the most see. incredible catches you'll never see because it wasn't on TV. Oh, never see. Okay. All right. I'll give you credit for that. That's, that's then, a good tweet. Though. And then TCU tweets out the video of his catch. Yeah. And he just kind of like, just kind of does a little casual leap and he takes one step back, one step forward. <laughs> I got it. Ball, all right. Ball. All right, Ray. I'll back off because that's actually a pretty good tweet. I missed that. You said you'll never see. All right. So. Frogs are 2-0. Going into Sunday, they wanted to put this one away early. They scored six runs in the first inning, all of those on two outs. It was a hit parade. Uh, so that was kind of fun to watch You know, the game start that way. Stoutenborough was on the mound. He started the game and went five and one-third innings, only giving up two runs on four hits. We saw six other arms uh, throughout the game. I'm guessing because TC was up by a bunch. So, you know, hey, why not get some guys some game reps? Frogs won 10 to 4. I feel like it could have been, you know, put to bed a little sooner than the ninth. And we kind of got that feedback from Kirk after the game. Yeah. Uh, Baylor just kept hanging around. They scored one run here, one run there. Uh, I mean, the game was never really in doubt, but you could tell he was frustrated in his postgame uh, conference. Uh, but, you know, they swept. That was good. It was good to to sweep the, the Bears. And, I mean, obviously a lot better than a 2 and 1. So, Jacob. Yeah. I think, I mean, we can talk about this game and individual stats and whatnot, but I think what's more interesting is um, Kirk and him kind of blasting the team after the game. And I don't know. How did you, what did you guys think about that? Cause yeah, you don't want them to get coffee table mentality. Like I mentioned earlier, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I'll take wins right now. But I think what Kirk was trying to do is trying to, up their intensity for the for next week and going into the tournament and knowing yep. like you can't have coffee table mentality when these games are going to tougher competition and i mean you're playing for your season still so i don't know what how do you guys interpret what he said i think he I was loved a, it. if anybody has the uh, i loved it because quote, that'd be it just seems like he's playing to audience and in that regard i don't think his audience is us his audience is like you said his audience is his, is his room it's his guys uh, and whatever it takes to keep the keep the fire in their belly right now with what we had in front of us, that's that's great. Yeah, I, sh I should have had the quote ready. I'll, I'll, I got it right here. You got it. Okay, go ahead and read it. It's uh, Kirk said it's about how we are going about it with our mentality, and that's not acceptable. That's not what this program is about. Luckily, Sam Stoutenborough did a good enough job. And so did some other guys of minimizing damage, but I just thought overall it was not up to the standards of TCU baseball. We have to be better. And I think that he says that on, it's an accumulation of the whole weekend 
because TCU jumped on Baylor early yeah. on Friday, didn't really do much later. TCU on Saturday scores two runs by the second inning and then rides that out. And then TCU by the fifth inning had scored nine and only put up one the rest of the way. So I think it was just a, a built up frustration of watching, you know, that coffee table offense, as you said, yeah, uh, progress. Yeah, I mean, was, I totally get um, where he's coming from. Sorry, Martin, go ahead. Well, like the whole weekend, they did not score any runs after the fifth inning, which maybe you're not going to be able to get, get away with that against Kansas State or Texas State. And then, um, I, I mean, yeah, as a fan, I probably take it the way that you said earlier, you know, a win is a win. But I was kind of um, happy to see guys like Elijah Nunez agreeing with him. And I've got his yeah. quote. Um, mm -hmm. says, we started hot, but we didn't play good baseball today. And that's on Sunday after the 10-4 to 4 win. Said, we got the W, which is awesome, but we didn't play how we need to play leading into postseason ball. I don't blame him. I don't disagree with him being upset. So how bad does Baylor suck that they get blown out and the winning team is kind of pissed about it? I think it's well recorded <laughs> that Baylor sucks. <laughs> I, know. I know. I just have to rub it into them whenever I can. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally get it, and I love it, and I love, like you said, Martin, Eli backing them up on it. But from my perspective, I'm just glad to see what this point, to be honest yeah. with you. I hear like, you, cool. Jacob, I mean, at, at the same time, like, so, so on Saturday after the loss – that uh, officially removed Baylor from the Big 12 tournament. Goodbye. And so, no, I know it's great. What I'm saying is Sunday and any game forward means absolutely nothing to this team. You know, all they're playing for is pride. They have nothing to do except to maybe take TCU out. Pride so, or maybe a spot on next. You cut out. Say that again. Oh, I'm sorry. I Pride and maybe playing for a job next year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Might not be yeah, that didn't. hard. You might, who didn't play for a job was that left fielder. What's going on there? Oh yeah, we gotta talk I, about. I that think for a I second. was, I think I was drunk after the Byron Nelson, and I tweeted you guys, "This is not a Division One baseball player or something like that." <laughs> so the two plays that that really, uh, well, that caused him to get pulled from the game. Um, there was a pop up. I can't remember who hit that pop up. At, Logan maybe, Maxwell. Uh, Maxwell hit it. Was pretty. You know, it was in the air for quite a while, landed inside, you know, the fair, the fair line. And the guy, I mean, just was jogging over there and missed it. The next, literally, I think the next batter um, mm -hmm. hit a single to left field. And instead of throwing it to second to, you know, keep the runner, um, just kind of lackadaisically threw it into, you know, was it a third baseman or shortstop and let somebody else score? I mean, it was... I've never seen a position player get pulled in the middle of an inning for poor play ever. I really wonder if he was like a converted outfielder or something. Cause that was bizarre. It kind of looked like he didn't want to slip on the grass the way he was running up to it. That's a good point. It was really wet. Is he oh, the you same? Oh, <laughs> is he the same left fielder that uh, dropped that pop-up on Friday? Yeah. Yes. Same one. He's got to be converted. It, like, oof. He, there's no way he got a Division One scholarship as an outfielder playing well, like that. What's even What's even funnier is like he came into the dugout almost knowing yet, like, yep, that one's all that's on me. It's like <laughs> he expected <laughs> to get pulled. It's like, like I, I don't want to play this. I don't want to play this game anymore, man. <laughs> They're showing him after the pop up that he didn't catch, and he was just standing there 
shaking his head, chewing the laces on his glove. Just complete tired head at that point. Just total give up. God. That is, man, I've been on teams like that. It is no fun to show up and play baseball when things are going like that for you. But, mm-hmm. eh, screw them. <laughs> yeah, later, dudes. <laughs> it was right, nice so- of uh, TCU uh, to move the game to Globe Life on Saturday so that Baylor got to experience what it's like playing at Globe Life this year. Yeah, and to <laughs> get, our, get the that hot sun. We've got uh, some Twitter questions. We can talk about Big 12 as a whole. Uh, where do you guys want to go first? Yeah, we need to look ahead. We Let's need to go look ahead. big picture. Okay, so the Frogs are at Kansas State next week. It's the last, uh, well, it's the last series. It's the last conference series. Um, right I'm now. Are you talking about Texas State? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Um, do you have stuff on Texas, Texas State? Uh, they beat our ass in San Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> It's a top 50 RPI team. This yeah. is a, it's this a is good a game, game to have. Yeah. It's I, I don't worry. Have we said this for DBU, but this one tops that. Like, this is, it's not often you a big Tuesday night game, but here we go. It's also, uh, yeah, the last game at Lupton for the year. Uh, yeah. So we hope to have a big crowd, you know, tomorrow night. Um, all right. So Frogs sit fifth in the Big 12 standings. West Virginia's on top, followed by Oklahoma State then Texas, then Kansas State, and TCU. Uh, Martin, you sent us a, uh, a text this morning. I tweeted that out on our account. But um, if West Virginia wins the series at Texas, so they have to travel to Texas. If they do that, they and, and TCU sweeps Kansas State, which is a huge if. The Frogs finish third in the Big 12. If you tack on to that, Oklahoma State – losing to Oklahoma and they're playing at Oklahoma, they're playing there. TCU would actually hold the tiebreaker finish second in the big 12, which is again, there's a lot of stuff to have to, you know, fall into line, but pretty wild. You're going to bet on that parlay. I'm not. (laughs) Uh, So I find this interesting. I want to hear your thoughts on this guys. So West Virginia is 15 and six in conference. One series left. They play away. Oklahoma state 13 and eight. And they play away. Is there? There's just no elite team in the Big Twelve. I mean, we just. Man. I, I feel like we've known that all year, but it, it's very evident in the conference standings. No, no. West Virginia is pretty elite. Yeah. At what point do you consider West Virginia elite? Well, like what else do they need to do? They could be a national. They could easily be a national seed. Uh, a top. A top I eight. Doubt that. I don't yeah. know about that. No way. No way. From, okay. <laughs> I mean. That's where Dude, the, the folks at D1 uh, are saying. They they sit at 19th in RPI. I mean, the teams in the top 10 really are pretty stacked. Like, I would say that the first – if anything, there's like one position up for grabs, and there's too many teams ahead of West Virginia. Yeah, I think the only way, like, t- uh, West Virginia could get a national seed would be if, like, the the committee didn't want to make it so regional, but West Virginia's in that same region. Yeah. If, yeah, they if win, anything if, like you, you you could see Stanford grabbing that eighth spot. Now, Ray, if you want to talk about hosting, I'm I'm all about that. Like they can, they'll host. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know, as long as they take care of business, it's a foregone conclusion that they'll host. 
if they won, if they won the series at Texas and then won the Big Twelve tournament, I, Ray, I believe you. Yeah, they might get a national seed. Then. So when was the last time the one seed won the Big Twelve tournament? Because they usually pretty much just tap out after winning the conference. Let's see. Good question. Do any of the listeners know? We'll I don't, dude. We'll I give, feel like we'll I've looked this up. I don't. I don't think it's happened in a really long time. But so let's say, like in the unlikely scenario, TCU does end up second. Would could we see a situation where like West Virginia hosts, TCU does not, and then Texas finishes third and they host? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. How weird would that be? Because of RPI, right? But other things, too, I mean... Depending on the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, well, man, I don't know, because this I'm really looking forward to seeing the field of 64 sections because up until this point, TC has been left out because of where they stood in the conference. Well, they just passed Tech in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm going to be real curious to see what they do with TCU in their projected field of 64 this week. Okay, Given so let's talk now. about that. Let's talk about that, Jacob. What does TCU have to do to get into the projected uh, field of 64? Well, I think, so. I think right now, like, they should be in. If the knock on them was conference standing, well, they just took care of that. They're one game up on both Tech and Oklahoma. I mean, I'm we'll see how about it shakes what, out. What do they have to do with Kansas State and, and obviously UTSA? So you're talking about, like, at the end of end of yes. the season. Yes. Well, they're going to have to win the series against K-State for sure. Because they've they've lost too many series, and then after that, I mean, I could maybe two games should absolutely cinch it two wins in the Big Twelve tournament. I think they might even be able to get away with one, but you're really putting yourself in trouble in that scenario. I don't know, Martin. What do you think? If they go two and one, they Sorry, they yeah they go two and one against K State. Mm-hmm. You know the so biggest we, thing working against the frogs? They have not won a conference series away. No, they're two and seven on the road. They're the worst. No, they're the second worst team in conference play on the road and the best at home. And that's wow. where that's where West Virginia's won this conference. Like we can pretty much say they've won the conference, I think, at this point. They're seven and two away from whatever the hell their ballpark's called. That's where they won the conference. They should also then theoretically stand a really good shot to take care of business against Texas. Well, yeah, but they're playing in in Austin. Austin, So yeah, in Austin. Yeah. They only need what one win down there to finish it off. It's not Mm -hmm. a given, but there's, you know, they're nobody's beating them. They're eight and four at home. They're seven and two on the road. They're going to get a win. So what are frogs mm-hmm. cheering for this weekend? Do we want um, we want West Virginia? I mean, we probably we want, want West Virginia just, to sweep first. Just, of all. Yeah. just keep winning, right? Sweep. Yep. Just keep yeah. winning. So beating Texas, we want Oklahoma State to lose. Do we Oklahoma? Know? I know. I want uh, yeah, Oklahoma see, I'm, State I'm thinking the to same. beat Oklahoma. I I want Oklahoma. Okay, if TCU goes two and one. Okay, so that would keep us one game ahead of OU. Then we'd have the tiebreaker over Oklahoma State. So, yeah, we want Oklahoma to go two and one, but not sweep. Ray, why did you say Oklahoma State? Because Oklahoma's down there battling with where we are 
in terms of RPI and conference standings. So you're right, thinking about just, it more. I just laid out a scenario where we like passed both of them. Yeah, you're thinking about it more from a postseason perspective versus a Big Twelve yeah, perspective. As a bubble I am too, team, though. I, I am don't. Too. I don't know if conference standings are going to weigh that much because they're also a bubble team and they're ahead of us, like what ten spots in RPI. Yeah, and they've already beat us this year. And they have head to head. So we're going up against Oklahoma. And if they get if they win two out of three against Oklahoma State, how much higher are they going to go in RPI? Dude, a yeah. lot. That's a good point. That's how true. how how ahead how ahead are they right now in RPI? Well, that's let's like let's revisit spots. that question after spots. we play Texas State. Because that's gonna yeah. help us. Um, yeah, it's true. Because I think the point differential in the RPI between us, tech, and Oklahoma is like Almost a virtual tie. Right now, Oklahoma's 38th in RPI. Okay, so the, yeah, they're they're a little higher. Yeah, right, right now, I kind of just want to hold my breath, get through Texas State, then move on. <laughs> worry about the so yeah. this is a really interesting <laughs> question because do you, do you want TCU to finish second or third? But that that is affected by the fact that Oklahoma is ahead of TCU by, what, 12 or 13 spots in RPI? Right. Yeah. I need Oklahoma to lose and uh, TCU to take care of business yeah. and then the take care of business in the Big 12. Oh, there they are, 41. Um, and so, I also need Kansas to take a game from Texas Tech this oh, weekend. That, yeah, that'd be helpful. Oh, we got to have that, yeah. A couple Twitter questions that are applicable to this. Sling and Sammy Ball 45 asks, uh, with the Ron Burgundy meme, your TCU Horn Frogs are fifth place in the Big 12? And you are correct, Sling and Sammy Ball. We are fifth place. It's kind of interesting after a couple of down weeks. Um, Adam at TCU Lotus Leaves asks, when does Martin take his victory lap for his uh, WVU prediction? Should we should we have a meme by now? I'm guessing he means a meme about like some laser eyes coming out of Martin's head or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. yeah, Martin definitely <laughs> did. I, he you didn't pick him to win the conference. He didn't pick him to win. He said, "What you pick? Third place. Second, third? Yeah, third. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not taking a victory lap here, but I did tell. Oh, no, yeah, you should. What did you say? You said D1 says they're gonna suck, and I said when D1 says they suck, they're good, and when D1 says they're good, they suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a so simple I, formula, really. Yeah, I hit that one on the head. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I just, I really wasn't expecting TCU and Oklahoma State to, you know, be as cold as they were, you know, during the season. I mean, I still, I still think TCU and Oklahoma State could be better. Yeah. Speaking um, of that, Martin uh, sent some things. Speaking of cold during the season, Martin, what are four games that stick out to you that have been a almost death blow to TCU this year? Was it Saturday at West Virginia? Um, Friday at Tech. What was it Sunday at Oklahoma? Sunday yep. at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I got um, I got three three of three right now. I got I, I know your other one though. And then Texas on Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. Was it Saturday or was it? It was Sunday. It was Sunday. Sunday. Well, That's Sunday right. game two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, game two. The one where we got thrown out the plate to end it. Mm-hmm. But those but those first three just go to show like how their road struggles have killed them. I mean, they had yeah. a they had a they had a, a pretty big lead in in some of those games on the road. Even if you just split those four games, go two and two, now you're sitting tied with Oklahoma State. You're in, mm-hmm. you're in second place with a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. 
and then you're cheering for West Virginia to lose, you know? <laughs> Correct. Yep. So K-State, are we feeling pretty good about this given how they're playing now? Like, do we kind of wash away historical performance and say they're playing well now? I don't know, yeah. because they've been playing well at home and this game, these games are on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we get hard. Texas State at home at least. So They've been playing their most consistent ball of the year right now. And, and it's and know, it's really been because we've shirt up the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Pitching's been the best has been all year, which yeah. is where you want it to be at the end of the year. It's if that yeah. pitchy can yeah, the pitchy can hold serve to what it's been been at recently. There's no reason we can't so take care of business. The reason the reason I feel optimistic is because we went into this Baylor series and we said like this is a series we should absolutely sweep, right? And you can think about Washington or San Diego where we kind of had similar situations. And like we lost the Wilmington series when we absolutely, we should have swept them. So even though it is an inferior opponent at home, we actually did take care of business, which we have not really done. We did it against Kansas, Oklahoma state, but I mean, outside of that in Arlington, when else all year? Dude, I will say to Saturday night's game, should give you, you know, hope, mm-hmm. you know, even though Baylor, listen, Baylor is what Baylor is, but they're right. still a baseball team and you still were able to win a two to one game where you didn't have to out slug a team. You were right. able to win and, that close baseball game. And I think mm-hmm. that's a game in April that they lose. Speaking of outslugging, is this the first time in in a while that I feel like our lineup has been relatively set? I know they made up a couple of minor tweaks, but you didn't see that, you know, um, leadoff guy moving to seventh or, you know, vice versa. It was Mm kind of, we've kind of had the same lineup for the last week or so. Yeah. It's a lot easier to set a lineup when guys are actually producing Mm -hmm. now that, you know, Logan Maxwell's doing his thing, Eli, Curtis Byrne. I mean, that's been kind of our three problem spots all year and we've shared those up now. So yeah, it's pretty easy to set a lineup when guys are doing well. Um, but I have a question. Why is Kirk still going with this facade of TBD and the pitching staff? Like we know exactly who the pitchers are going to be. Maybe we didn't have the days, right. But you know, we like, Oh, TBD, you mean Lewis Stoutenborough? Like, what, what, why are we still doing? TBD stuff. I guess that might be a question for Ray. Is is he looking for something later in the week to give him like, hey, uh, you know, maybe Feaser or or somebody else over Stoutenborough? You know, I think this weekend with especially Klecker, so he's been battling arm fatigue and he probably just didn't want I don't know when he threw his last bullpen, but just wanted to see how he responded from that bullpen and then you know, the old school gamesmanship of not, I guess, wanting to tell Baylor who your starter was going to well, be. I'm sure you'll so. tweet it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, a couple more Twitter questions. We have Anna at Anna Salerno 23 says, quote, our bullpen issues. Not terrible, but not great. But hey, we beat Baylor. I'm going to push back on that, Anna. Um. On the on the weekend, 
The bullpen gave up two runs total. They gave up 10 hits, but eight of those were on Sunday when apparently they didn't care. And uh, they counted for 50% of the strikeouts on the weekend. So I think the bullpen, I mean, over the weekend, I guess, again, it's Baylor, but uh, they were fine this weekend. Bullpen is a historical punching bag for fans. Like Mm -hmm. you could go back to the Omaha teams and people are mad at the bullpen. I would say bullpenness is good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last Twitter question we got, Tim Riley at Tim Riley 04. Any improvements coming to Lipton and when? Uh, Tim, you know, I think their iced tea is just fine. I don't, I'm not expecting. Oh, um, sweet. a dad no. joke. <laughs> no, uh, for real though, uh, I have no idea. I don't know if anyone else does. But. I haven't heard. We've got a strength and conditioning center to work on right now. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine. They're this is an off-season of topic thing. Yeah, great, great, great topic to table for the off-season. Yep. Tell All us, right. What else, what else boys? My Just game seven pants are going crazy. Are you uh, going to the game? Hockey uh, pants I'm on still, fire. I'm still looking at tickets. They're a little pricey for me right now, but if something pops up in my range, I'll jump on it. Jacob, real quick, how does the Stars, what TCU baseball team would you compare the Stars team to? 2016. Uh, so we're winning a Stanley Cup. I mean, no, we we're going to get bound. Oh, no, we're going to We have as good a chance as anybody left. I mean, we're going to lose in the Western Conference Finals. I Which don't, like, what, I don't uh, see how they supers? can find a way to lose tonight. I'll just go on what, the record. This one with a time. This is going to sting listening back tomorrow when they do lose, but I just don't <laughs> see a way they find that. I, I can't see them finding a way to lose tonight. I just can't. Ottinger is real good coming off losses. Exactly. And they've been killing them at home. So yeah. All right. All right. We UTSA done? tomorrow night. Last game. No, of we'll see no, there. Oh, no, Texas no. state. Te- Texas state. Who's that? You got the sand part, right? <laughs> Our daddies. <laughs> Texas State, last game tomorrow night at Lupton. Uh, they head to Manhattan on the weekend to take on Kansas State. Pretty massive series, would you say, for the Frogs? Uh, if they win, bum time. If they win three or four this week, uh, the postseason is very much within grasp. So 2021 all over again. Let's cheer for them. Let's watch it. Uh, is every game on ESPN oh. Plus? Because I, don't, I hope they don't go to, you know, play, you know. Real quick, real quick. Right. What Ray just said, it's 2021 all over. Now, you mean 2019? No, 2021. When we, but we were oh, playing okay, for the okay, Big okay, 12 okay, title. We needed to win two of three. We go up there and lose two. Of three. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I thought you were talking about series. 20. Never mind. How terrible was 2019. We ended against tech that year. No, but I was talking about how we got in. I was looking at that mm. comparison today. What, where this team stood versus that 2019, either that 2019 team should have not gotten in or were a shoe in this year. I don't know. which <laughs> one. Yeah. They were 66 then <laughs> RPI and still bro. there. Okay. So our out of conference schedule is like 25th. Theirs was like 117th that year. <laughs> that was uh, Schloss pulling some uh, major that politicking. That was big politicking is what, yeah, passing the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. I'll see y'all. Go Frogs. All righty. Go Frogs. Go Frogs.